The father gives the identity to their children. And when the person that gives identity is missing, then the enemy will make sure that something else gives that identity there. Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of Kayla. Praise God. Um, before we dismiss the children, um, we got a little, little surprise for y'all. Um, glory to God. So, um, you know, our youth ministry is growing. God is blessing our youth ministry. And so um, this young man, God has used him mightily. Um, he's invited more people to the youth ministry. Um, and um, I've known him all his life. <laughs> and um, <Yep>. so, <laughs> so I want y'all to welcome Brother Elijah. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. On this faithful Sunday. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, so, PD has us doing this thing in youth where for 20 minutes, well, 10 minutes we pray, and then 10 minutes we're reading the book of John. Faithfully, I finished the book of John. And um, while I was reading, I found this verse that's been stuck to my heart, and I wanted to read it on Father's Day because it correlates to our spiritual father and our natural father. Amen. So can you please turn with me to John chapter five, verses 20, no, verses 19 to 23. Oh, uh, I'm reading from the translation, uh, the Christian Standard Bible. Just give me a second. Oh, there we go. If you get there, say amen. So it reads, Jesus replied, truly I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the, the father does, the son likewise does these things. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. And just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so the son also gives life to whom he wants. The father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, so that all people may honor the son, just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So while I was reading this, I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. It's a very interesting message that's getting across. It's saying that spiritually, we read the book, we read the book of the Bible. I hope you all doing that. Um, <laughs> reading the book of the Bible, we're seeing the works of Jesus, seeing the work of the, no, we're seeing the work of God the Father. And so he's showing us that everything as a Christian we can do. We're just reading and reading, just seeing his good works but we're seeing good works that we can do and also the things we can't do to the sins. And then I think this, this correlates with our natural fathers because as we're growing, we're seeing our fathers grow too, but we're seeing what the bad decisions and the good decisions they make. That's why I'm thankful for my father and my stepfather. Um, so as they, as they make good decisions and bad decisions, <laughs> I... I um I learn I'm, <laughs> I learn from that I learn from that and I I'm going to be the great man of God they want me to be. Yeah. I just and I just think for I'm just thankful for them and just thankful for my spiritual father for just showing me in his in this in his word what it is to me what it is to be great. And so that I'm thankful for the reading of the word and I Bring up a father of two <laughs> and a spiritual father to all of us in this church. Amen. Great job. Great job. And, and the thing about it, he came to me and asked me to do this. <laughs> so, so give it up to Elijah's natural parents, uh, Ashley and Sam. <laughs> Amen. Young people, you are dismissed if you're 12 and under.
Um, God bless you. Strengthen them. Bless them. Let the word of God go forth in their lives so they can become all that you've called them to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all give it up for Elijah. That was excellent. Amen. And um, he, he came up under Mom Jackie in Children's Church. Amen. <laughs> so here, now everybody wants to claim him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Great job. All right. Um, let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this opportunity to um, declare your word to your people. Um, as we share um, the word of God for fathers today, I thank you for um, giving us wisdom and guidance. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing without you. You, together, you and I are a dynamic duo, and we can change the world together. And I thank you, Father, for helping me to speak your word with holy boldness. Baptize me afresh with boldness from up above, that I not speak as a mere man, but as the oracles of God to these people. I thank you. Think to my mind. Speak to my lips. And thank you for unctions and anointings and graces to minister the word of God. It's with holy fear I stand before your people. And Father, I thank you for clothing me with humility, the humility of Christ, that I may minister out of the grace that you've given me to step into these two offices as a pastor and a teacher, to speak your words with, with clarity and precision and accuracy with the scriptures. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pray this prayer after me. Lift up your hands, half mass. Say, Father, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what's the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me who believes? Thank you, Lord. Just take a few moments and thank the Lord for being your father. Thank him, Father God, for being your father. Thank him, Jesus, for being your Lord and Savior. Thank him, the Holy Spirit, for being your teacher and your guide, and your helper. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today I want to share with you concerning um, fatherhood. Um, we're going to take a break from 2 Timothy. We've been going through 2 Timothy. We made it through chapter 1, 2, and 3. Um, next week we will conclude chapter 4, maybe. <laughs> and, um, and, but I wanted to take a pause in that and actually spend some time talking about the autograph of a godly father. The autograph of a godly father. And um, I say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I, I salute you, every last one of you all. The world does not celebrate fathers enough. There's an attack against fatherhood. The devil hates people in general, but he really, really, really hates fathers. He really hates fathers. Um, and, um, and as we think about this, um, I want you to keep in mind there's a hunger in the world for fathers. This hunger is all over the world. And people are looking for fathers. The, the word autograph, you know, me and my dictionaries, it, 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 um, you won't find this in the Bible, like, you know, so. Um, but the word autograph means a handwritten signature, a personal handwriting, the, to write one's signature on or in sync, the writing of something in one's own handwriting. So as I think about the, the autograph of a godly father, I think about how fathers have the wonderful opportunity to write some things, to make some impressions on their children that will last for a lifetime and even to eternity. I, that's very sobering. Um, it, children are like cement. And you know, as a little kid, I remember growing up in Arkansas and they used to come and do like the sidewalks and put the cement in. And the kids of the neighborhood, um, I was one of them, used to take a stick and we would write <laughs> our names on it. Do y'all? I know that y'all is too young for that, but it's just like, you know, you just kind of write your name on it and, and then it was like hard and that your name will be on there for life, you know, um, until they change it again. <laughs> and, um, and we would get in trouble with that. <laughs> but kids are like that cement. You have 
a small time to make an impression that will last a lifetime. So it does matter what you do with them. So I want to talk about that real quick. Um, Got a couple of scriptures before we get to Ephesians. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the autograph of, of a godly father. You're writing something. If you're not in the life of your children as a father, you're still writing something. Um, you know, um, you're, you know, it's a, the enemy will ghostwrite some things and put some impressions on some children when the father is out of their place. And there's some things that will be rooted in them because of the ghosts, the unholy ghosts <laughs> writing some things. And so, um, what do you call that? That's utterance. <laughs> And so we, 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 we just got to be careful of what we're writing. What are you writing on your children? And even your adult children, if you have some kids that are adults, or even on your grandkids. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, he says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. For though you have countless guides, King James says, countless teachers, in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So I urge you to then to be imitators of me. And how many know that children, spiritual children should imitate their um, spiritual fathers? Natural children should imitate their spiritual, I mean their natural fathers. Um, go, to, go with me to Malachi chapter 4. That's the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4. And let's look at verses five and six. It says, behold, I'll wait you to get there. Behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the last prophetic word to the people of God before the coming of Jesus. And he says, I'm going to send Elijah. That doesn't mean that he's going to, Elijah is going to be reincarnated. <laughs> we know that Elijah went up. How did Elijah die? He didn't die. He didn't die but what? what chairs how? Chairs of fire. Okay, I just want to make sure. Uh, and so we, um, let's pause there for a second, just give a testimony. The, the young man that I met in Uganda, um, he was a server. And um, I, I um, would go to this restaurant that reminded me of America. I was in Uganda for three weeks, and I actually like it because it kind of had some American flavor to it. And um, if I wanted to be reminded of, of American food, I would go to this place. Plus, they had a lot of desserts, like, you know, <laughs> that you normally, you know, American desserts, like carry cakes and stuff like that. So I, I would, <laughs> lies, but what lies behind lies? <laughs> so I would, and so this, this young man, um, he would serve, uh, serve me and the crew every um, time we came in. Um, and, he's, and, and I said, well, I'm, I'm leaving. I'll, I'll give tips. And it was big to him. It was $20. And he says, can you please come and see me before you leave? So I had, pre I had to preach somewhere, and, and I was rushing, and I said, hey, asking the pastor who hosted me, he said, please, can you please make sure that um, I, I stop by there? He said, um, PD, I don't know if we're going to make it. I said, just let's, let's make it happen. So he made it happen. And, um, and so the young man let me pray for him. He's a Muslim, not like Nation of Islam. I'm thinking, Courtney had to remind me, it was not like, that's American. <laughs> and, and he didn't even know who Malcolm X was. So I said, oh man, you, you really not nation of Islam. Because <laughs> sometimes you think like, you know, but you know, we're so, you know, um, westernized, we, we forget that there's another part of the world that we don't know of. And, um, and so I actually prayed with him. He exchanged my, we exchanged information. And so I've been, I got a chance to witness to him. Declan and I actually witnessed to him this past, um, in March. He called me on WhatsApp and Declan's like, can I tell the story first? And so Declan began to tell the story about Adam and Eve and how they eat the apple. And I said, it's not, we don't know sure it's an apple. It might be a, been a kiwi, you know? And, and he's like, no, daddy, it was an apple. It was an apple. So he was adamant about that. So 
Um, he began to share, and then I picked up and shared the rest of the story of the gospel. And I said, would you like to receive Christ? And he says, no, nah, not right now. Um, I, I just, I've never heard these things. They're foreign to my ears. And only thing I know of is Islam. So over the time, he would have me pray with him and call me. When I, he's like, can you pray with me for me to give $50 a, a week or $50 a, a day for, and sometimes it would happen. Sometimes he says, man, your prayers are powerful. Long story short, he got, recently got stabbed. He got robbed and got stabbed in the back. And he says, the only thing he thought of is, what if, he calls me Mr. PD, he said, what if what Mr. PD is saying is true? And I'm going to die and go to hell. And he said, that's the only thing that hit my mind. He says, can I tell you something? I'm ready to receive Christ. So I pray with the prayer of faith with him. Um, and um, he, I, I told him, I, I, he said, what do I do? I said, well, you ask Jesus to save you with your own words. And he did. He said, I don't know what to say. I said, what do you want to be? What do you want from Jesus? He said, salvation. I said, so pray and ask Jesus. And he did. And then I led him into an official sinner's prayer. And I had him to renounce Allah and receive Christ. Now, I know the word Allah. A lot of times people will argue with me. Um, the word Allah just simply means God. But it's associated with not the God of the Bible. So I needed him to divorce that God and to choose the God of the Bible. And he boldly renounced. Say, I, he said, I renounce Allah and I turn to the God of the Bible in Jesus Christ and I receive him. Amen. That's what he said. I said, praise God. I said, now you need to testify. So I put him on speakerphone, ran downstairs and said, Courtney, you can tell my wife. And he told my wife that I turn from Allah and I receive Jesus. And so the other day he called me, the boys were in the car. He says, I need y'all to help me to pick out a Christian name. I said, what? <laughs> you, know, um, and, you know, my master Western mind, you know, your mom and daddy gave you that name. Keep it. And so he and so Destin and Declan came up with some names. They, they thought about David. They thought about um, Noah uh, and Elijah and Isaiah. He said, I think I like Isaiah. Whatever name you give me as a Christian, I'm going to name my son. I just want to testify of that. Amen. That how something has changed. He's beginning to read the gospel of John and, 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 and things are changing. He's, he's playing um, worship music. I know there's a lot of heat on Hillsong, but I do believe God raised up Hillsong just contrary to the world and part of the body of Christ. That's stupid. But you know, it's the, only, the only organization that will hurt, kill its own Soldiers, I don't understand. Uh, don't even cover, and a true father covers. Like, if we're part of the body of Christ, yes, there's some scandals or whatever. Let's cover them. You know what I'm saying? Because let's go into your closet and find out what's going on. Go into your history. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I love his song, and I'll continue to sing songs about them. Sing songs about the Lord and songs that they wrote. And, you know, and so we can learn some things and everybody ain't perfect. Look at David, murderer and adulteress, and we're still reading the Psalms. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what just got happened? All right. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's, so Malachi, let's go Malachi. So, um, <laughs> so we, we see that the spirit of God um, was prompting the prophet uh, about um, that he's going to send Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Do you know that uh, what causes, causes fathers to walk away from their children is not the spirit of God? It's, it's the spirit of the enemy. In Uganda, it, they're known for fathers are known for producing a lot of babies and not being there. I said, welcome to America. I said, this is all over the world. The same thing in Jamaica. Um, so let's go, go, go with me to Ephesians chapter six. There are 10 things that, that every father should be doing with their children. I'm going to give you the 10 things up front. 10 things they should possess or, or have um, as it relates to raising children. I'm going to give you these 10 things, and we won't get to all of them. The Word of God is one. You got you to gotta be a father with grace. Number two, grace. How many know you need to give your children grace? Yeah. Come on. Raise your children with grace. Give them grace. Don't say, well, I had it hard, so I'm going to make it hard on you. 
because perhaps my parents didn't have grace when they were had, had made it hard on me. So give your, your kids grace. Raise them with grace. Don't be so, you know, too, too much law causes rebellion and too much love causes rebellion. So you got to have law, the law, I'm talking about your laws, and you got to have some love. Clothed with love. So you can't just like do this, do this, do this, do this. Uh, it's amazing. Even in church and, and in restaurants, kids will be active, especially boys. They just active. Uh, well, well, I mean, if they were quiet and not doing something, something might be wrong. So let's thank God. I'm not saying let your kids go wild. right? Uh, I'm not preaching that. But we should let kids be kids. There's a time that they will be more focused, especially boys are not going to be like little girls who are just quiet and, and some little girls, you know. And, 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 and I think that we need to cultivate an environment that if kids, let, letting kids be kids. So giving them grace. Um, number three, wisdom. If you're going to be a father and a godly father, you have the autograph of a godly father, you got to have some wisdom. And you got to raise them with wisdom. We'll talk about that. Then love. Um, there's some cold-hearted fathers, emotionally absent. They will not show affections to their kids. It's amazing how these kids grow up and looking for love and gangs and looking for love in all types of relationships because they never received it from their fathers. Love, right? Um, patience, that's another one. You got to have patience with your kids. Um, they don't know everything that you know right now. <laughs> so you, you should have patience. You, you, you should say, you know what? I, they don't understand it. Maybe I need to say it a different way. You also need to have understanding. Understanding. Then you need to um, be a father with prayer. You need to be praying for your children, and you need to be praying with your children. <clears throat> I heard this <clears throat> woman of God, she says, when she was on her deathbed, she, she told her children, she said, I prayed for you every single day that I knew you were conceived. I did not miss a day of prayer to the Father. So that when I'm in my grave, not my body is in my grave and I'm in heaven, that my prayers are still working. So fathers, let's pray for our children. You might not have that testimony. I don't have that testimony, by the way. <laughs> Since we're telling, and we're in a season of truth, I don't have that testimony. I've prayed for my children every since, you know. But but you said what? <laughs> um, but I know that we can start today. We can start today. Understanding, we need understanding. Have understanding with our kids. Um, I think we said that um, the leadership of the Spirit. You need to be led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Concerning your children, he actually will show you things to come as it relates to them. He will help you to push them in the right direction. I mean, it's, it's good to have the right, pushing people, having some good pressure for the right direction. I think sometimes, well, well if your kids don't want to go to church, oh, just stay home. That, that's, not, that's, not a good, that's not a good, I mean, you're yielding to a kid. Um, if a kid wants to be uh, something other than what God created them, then you need to train them in the way that they should go. That's not, don't hold your hand like that. Don't, don't stand like that. Um, don't play with, little boys, don't play with dolls. Little girls, don't play with football. You're not going to be a tomboy. Come on. Uh, these little things, I know that goes against, you do what you want to do. I'm telling you from the word of God, you got to train them. You don't allow them to be trained on their own. You train them in the way that they should go, not in the way that they feel. I feel like I was born a boy, but I'm really a girl. I feel like I'm a girl, but I was born a boy. No, no, it doesn't matter what you feel like. You might have some things that your feelings may be real, but I'm going to let you know that's not the truth. The truth is God made you what you, you are. I'm sorry. So the leadership of the spirit, you, you are, you, you're led by the spirit and, and you should choose your kids' friends. Did y'all hear me? You choose them and say, no, 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 you ain't hanging out with that. Well, I want to play with little Johnny. No, little Johnny got some issues and, and I don't know his mama or his daddy. And so you're not playing with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause all it, let me know there's one encounter with the devil, one little kiss. Oh, I kissed the girl and I liked it. And then you just kind of messed up the kid for a right, life. 
So, no, nah, no, nah, we ain't going to let you play with that. You know, they, little Johnny got some issues. He can be in your class, but not in your life. And, 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 and last but not least is joy. You got to raise your kids with joy. Don't let, you know, those who are godly and saved, don't let it be so boring. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I asked the youth on, on Friday, I said, it's, be, be honest with me. Um, while you're reading the Gospel of John, is it boring sometimes? He's like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But we can have some joy with it, amen? Amen. Okay, Ephesians, I'm, I'm going to let y'all go because I'm trying to get y'all out for the, before the Presbyterian and Baptists get to the buffets. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, you know the Pentecostals, they're going to have deliverance service today on Father's Day. <laughs> they're going to be here all night. They're going to be tearing, breaking soul ties. I mean, they, they got a soul tie when they were three. We going, they're going after. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the earth, in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This was one of the first commandments that my mom taught me growing up, and I grabbed hold of it because one, I wanted, she's also taught me um, whatever you sow, you reap. And so I wanted good kids. So I was very careful what I did so I can reap the harvest later. And for, as a little kid, I understood. I said, man, if I'm bad, then I'm going to reap a harvest. I just had that understanding. And, and then um, I also wanted to live long on the earth. And so there was, and, and then I wanted my days to go well. So one day I was driving to work and my, this, my, my side, there was a pain. It was like a sharp pain. And I said, Father, you said if I honor my parents from the days of my youth, that my days on the earth will be well and I live long on the earth. This is not a well day, so I cash in a well day. Amen. I want you to know immediately that pain left. Amen. I believe the promise of God. It says my days will be well. All right, I want to focus on fathers. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. How many fathers provoke their children to anger? Um, the word provoke simply means almost like to aggravate, to, 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 to move, speak to a part of them, their sinful nature, to a part of them where they get upset and they, and they get bitter. The scripture tells us not to provoke our children to anger. We need to be careful of how we are raising them up. We don't want to uh, annoy them or, or nag them to the, to the place where they don't want to be a part of the God that we serve. So and so the scripture says, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't provoke them to a place where they walk away from God. Yeah. Uh, live such a way and, and, and create an, a, a climate where they can know God. Yeah. That, that, that there's a standard and we said a few weeks ago, when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. And I believe you can apply this to children that as we live our lives, we have 18 years to live our lives, live the gospel before our children and to preach to them, that, that we can raise such a standard that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. He can bring that standard. He says, wait a minute. That's not right. Amen. And, and the way that our society is going, we need to lay the foundation right. And, uh, uh, there's so many children, fathers who have not prayed with their children. You need to pray for your children. You need to pray for their parents. I mean, they're, they're, I mean I'm sorry. Pray for their pastors. Pray for their employees, their employers, their teachers, their spouses. The reason I got my wife, you have heard me say it a million times, is because this woman and, and her late husband prayed her into my life. Amen. Actually, when we were dating, I tried to call it off. And my dad, you know I'm telling the truth. I'm telling too much information. And my dad says, son, if you do that, you'll be missing God. I said, whatever, I guess I'm missing God. <laughs> I had an attitude, right? 
<laughs> um, I'm telling all my business, right? That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> um, and so what I want you to know is that fathers are to train and to bring up their children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. We can train our kids in a way, and God puts that burden on the fathers. <clears throat> yes, mothers have their place, but I want you to know that fathers are the first line of defense. And Satan, when he attacks the family, he goes after the father. When the father, who is the head, is out of place, it puts the wife out of place, and the children are confused, and God is ultimately replaced. So the head of the family is supposed to be a representation of God in his family. And so that father represents fathers, the father of fathers. For God is the epitome of what a father is. There's no shadow changing with him. He, 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 he keeps his word. And so as a father, you need to keep your word. My father, my biological father, when he was alive, he would come. He would say, listen. I'm going to come by. He would come by almost every day and give me a kiss and give me some money. And one day he didn't show up. And my grandma, who didn't like him, said, "Uh, your father just lied to you. (laughs) But what happened? He got killed. That's why he didn't show up. (laughs) That made me, I I, I just understood that like yesterday. (laughs) Not really, but I knew what was happening. Uh, But I want you to know that father set the temperature. Um, it's something about fathers. Mothers have their place. There's nothing like a mother, nothing like a love of the mother. But today we're talking about fathers. Um, and, and fathers, God has anointed fathers to shape the lives of their children in ways that cannot be shaped. And the mother could be there, but the father's missing. Something is broken within that just children. And God has set up the system where the father gives the identity to their children. And when the identity, the person that gives identity is missing, whether it may be present, but emotionally missing, then the enemy will make sure that something else gives that identity there. So we need to be careful. We Fathers, you got to step up and say, you know what? No matter what, I'll never walk out of your life. I ain't going nowhere. Uh, and I'm going to be here, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm going to be patient and understanding. The last thing I did not say was prophetic insight. As you begin as a father, God will give you insight concerning your children. And you might want to call it prophecy or whatever, but God will let you see into the future what's going to be what he's called them to be if you pray enough. Most, most, my, most fathers that I know don't pray enough to even get a little bit of insight. And the Bible says in Proverbs that to pay attention to your flock. And as fathers, you need to pay attention to their history on their phones, on the computer. You need to pay attention to their friends, the music they listen to, because all of that is shaping who they will be. Amen. One of the signs that we are living in the last days, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, is that children will disobey their parents. Luke, in Luke chapter 12, children will come against their parents and their parents will come against their children. And we, we're told here in Ephesians 6, train your children in the disciplines and the instructions of the Lord. And um, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's, let's look at this before I let you go. We're talking about the autograph of a godly father. So what are you writing on your children's lives through your life and through your words? What are you writing on them? What are you autographing them? What kind of stains are you leaving? What is it that, that, that has the greatest impression? It's father. My father was a liar. My father was a rolling stone. My father was a cheater. He cheated on my wife, uh, on my mama. He cheated. He abused me sexually or verbally. Uh, what, what's been written on your children's life through your life? Um, he was there. He never showed up. He never came to a game. He never came to, to the hospital when I had my first kid. He never called me on my birthday. Come on. 
Uh, he, uh, he, oh, I didn't pay, pay, you know, I don't believe in child support. Uh, so he never paid child support. So there was never money available. My mom had to go on welfare and my, you know, he never provided for me, even in his absence. Um, a good father leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And so when I'm dead and gone, my money still can work for me and change the child's life and cause them to understand the goodness of God. Second Timothy chapter three. None of that's in my notes, by the way. Second Timothy chapter three. Let's look at verse 14 and 16. We looked at this last week and it says this, but as for you, talking about Timothy, um, you, what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it. So here's Timothy. He learned some things from his mom and his grandmother. Uh, we don't know much about his, his father. Uh, I believe his father was a Greek, and I don't, I'm not sure if he was born again. So maybe Lois, Lois actually got married to an unbeliever. Who knows? I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but nothing is mentioned about his father. Um, but we see that Paul came in and stepped in and he says, from whom you've learned and believed, knowing from whom you've learned it. In other words, I've lived before you in such a way that you know what I'm saying is true. Verse 15, and, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, talking about the Old Testament, the word of God. You've, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So here you see Paul is telling Timothy, it's because you were, uh, you were familiar with the Old Testament and understanding it is through the wisdom of the Old Testament that you are able to have faith in Christ. So we know the word of God is so important as a father. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the men of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. The wisdom of God will not only help people in this life, but also for eternity. The word of God is God speaking to all people at all times. And the spirit of God breathed out the word of God and moved on holy men of God of old under his inspiration. This wisdom is for life, and especially for our salvation in the word of God. If you're going to build your children for eternity with God, you have to have the word of God. It's not the word of your experience. It's the word of God. Amen. Amen. Your experience isn't enough. How many Christians homes don't look to the word of God? It isn't your experience or your life that will get your children to their God given and God ordained destinies but it's the word of God that will give your children hope. Yeah. It's not your songs. It's not your experiences. Thank God for those things. But it's the word. You got to get the word of God into your children. Uh, if, you, if you're going to write something good, the, uh, the autograph of a godly father, make sure you're writing the words of God on their hearts. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The word of God will keep them and preserve them. It will be for them with them for life. The powers of his word will be in them when you're dead in your grave. And they'll be able to pass it on to their children. The word of God. Let me tell you a little bit about the word of God. The word of God helps them to remember who God is. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I don't know why I'm sweating like this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 it says this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 says, verse 1, remember your creator in the days of your youth, while the days are not evil. One way children remember God is by reading the Bible. Yeah. Reading the Bible does nothing for them, for God, excuse me, nothing for God, but does everything for them. Yeah. So you don't earn nothing with God because you read the Bible. You, you, your soul is happy. Your spirit is rejoicing because now it, it has something to eat. Yeah. And the word of God reminds children that God exists. So when we give them the word as fathers, we help them to remember God. We put God in their memories. Come on. Uh, there's going to come a time where they're going to be faced with some challenges and they have to make some decisions when they go off to that four-year college, when they go off into their career, or they go overseas or in that military, or they, they go, they're going somewhere. They, they should be going out of your house. We're to raise them up and get them out of the house. 
The goal is not to keep them all in the house. Don't just let, I'm going to buy a big house when they get older so we can all be together. No, no, that's not the will of God. Uh, the Bible says a man should leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. So, so, so the gold, I know you, I love my kid. I just love him. I love her. Oh, she has, no, but she's, they're going to grow. They're going to get out. Get them out. You got to sweep them out. Come on, get out of my house. It hurts my emotions, but you got to go. If, if you're going to fulfill the will of God, you got to get out. Get to stepping. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Martin. <laughs> and, and, and I'm telling you, we're going to raise the kids up. God bless you. And you got to trust what you put inside of them is going to work for them. You got to trust what you put inside of them is going to keep them. I don't need to know what's happening in your life all the time. I trust the word enough and the Holy Spirit enough to bring to your remembrance my life as an example, as to, to bring to your remembrance. So in a time of need, you have what you need to overcome. But if we're not raising up, we're not empowering our kids. If we causes them, cause them to depend on us, our prayers, our words, our lifestyle. And, and you can't get to heaven on my my shoestrings. Uh, I, 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 I got to I got to put something in you to make you interdependent and, and totally dependent on God and totally connected, unconnected from me that you can make it without me. That you can get your money without me. You can get you can get some wisdom without me. You can stay married without me. You can keep a job without me. You can pick the right friends without me. You can pick a right church without me. You can get a pastor without me. You, I, you don't have to come to me for every little thing. That's the way we train them. We want them to grow up to be strong men and women of God. That they can look to your example and say, Mama did it like that. Daddy did it like that. And I have an example. And I stand on their shoulders. I stand on their shoulders. I never forget my father. Um, he Sometimes he would repent. And he says, son, I want to tell you I was wrong. I miss God. And I remember times, sometimes he would come and he would lay prostrate on our living room floor. And he would cry out before the Lord. I mean, you know, I, growing up, you hear songs, i never seen a grown man cry. And, and yet I saw a godly man cry before the Lord. And when he missed it, he, he, was, oh, he owned it. And he says, I repent from it. And I turn away from it. I won't do that again. And it was not sinful. He didn't step on my, out on my mama or anything like that. But it's just something that he, he did was, Jesus missed the mark. So godly fathers. So, so, so their kids how to repent before God. So I turn from God. I messed up. You know what I said to your mama wasn't right. Uh, please forgive me. Uh, uh, you know what, what, what I did? You saw my eyes wandering on that other woman. I want to let you know I was wrong with that. That was lust. <laughs> but that's the way we got to live. Amen. 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 Glory to God. So number two, we put the word of God in them to keep them from sinning. To keep them from sinning. David says, I've hid your word in my heart, so I won't sin against you. So you get the word of God. Give them the word so the word can keep them from sinning. Amen. Um, the other thing I'm going to give you this is it, it empowers them to overcome the world, sin, the devil, and the flesh. And so you teach them, says, you know what? You're going to have some thoughts that are not going to be godly. You're going to have some feelings that are not being godly. You're going to have some things going on all around you. But you got to remember you can overcome it. Amen. And the word of God will correct them and rebuke them and give them good doctrine and train them for godly living. So give them something that the spirit of God can bring back to their remembrance. I know a lot of people talk about spiritual warfare and they talking about they going to go after the devil. One of the greatest thing, greatest ways that you can do spiritual warfare for your kids is one, live the life before them. Number two, give them the word. You know, sometimes parents want to bind the devil off their kids. But if you just take some time and spend with them, you can get the devil off of them. Through conversations with the word of God on your lips and the wisdom of God guiding you. Come on. And so sometimes this, you know, I, I said it on Wednesday, this war room, I'm not against it. It's a nice little cute little movie. But I'm telling you, we got to be careful about 
allocating what spiritual warfare is. It's living a life, being obedient to God. It's through my obedience that I readily put uh, uh, put a war on, on the enemy. You know what I'm saying? It's when I obey. Notice that in the book of Ephesians, um, in the first three chapters, you we find out what God did for us in Christ. And then chapter four, five, and six, how do we live in light of what Christ did? And then he talks about when he gets to the spiritual warfare, he talks about first he talks about husbands loving your wives, wives submitting to their husbands, children obeying their parents, employees and employers working right. That's how you deal with the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, people make it so deep. Oh, we're going to war. Oh, I'm buying this and 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 nothing happens. You obey and obey and something happens. You do what the Bible says, something happens. You break the, you break the back of the devil when you obey God. You break his back. Oh, I, 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 I'm tempted to lie. I'm tempted to lie. But the Bible says in Ephesians, speak the truth in love. Oh, oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And you break the back of the devil. You want to drive the devil out of your house? You work, you stay faithful to your spouse, and you do right by your kids, and you come to church and you be faithful, you break the devil. I'm telling you, I'm possessed, I'm possessed. I, I mean, sometimes it's, it's right to bind the devil. It's right to drive him out. But one of the ways you drive him out is being obedient to God. Just obey the Bible. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, real quick. <laughs> um, um, real spiritual warfare is doing what the Bible says. For fathers, if they don't provoke their children to anger, but bring them up in the dis- discipline and instruction of the Lord, you're doing some spiritual warfare. Um, when you go to work, Father, on a regular basis, and you do what's right by your employer, you, you, you're, doing, you, you, you're, you're not provoking them. You're not having an example of what a lazy man should not be. You know, you say, this is not, I'm not being lazy. Uh, um, provoke, it means, again, to anger, to anger them or cause them to be angry. A godly father will not provoke their children to anger. They won't do things just to get them upset. Your words are important. So what you say to your children is part of you writing the autograph of a godly father. God has given fathers special authority to change the course of their children. Father, use your authority well. Um, you, You have to watch your words. To clothe your words with grace. Speak life to what needs to grow in them. And speak death to what needs to die. Speak life. I speak life. I call the leader that's in you to come out. Be the leader. Don't let nobody hit you, boy. Be the leader. Raise them up to fight giants. Be the leader. Speak up when you need to speak up. Be the leader. Be quiet when you need to be quiet. Develop emotional intelligence. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Learn how to control your appetite, your sexual appetite, your, your, your hunger, your, your, your food appetite. Control your anger. Oh, this is how we do it. Montel Williams, Montel Jordy got it right. This is how we do it. <laughs> we, we set the standard. Amen. Um, real quick, fathers, I, I say that every, almost every sermon, Montel Jordan, <laughs> fathers in the home set the temperature for their children to grow spiritually and naturally. So for the passive fathers, oh, you are doing a disservice to your kids, being passed, not leading out, letting your wife lead when you should be leading. You're passive. Don't say nothing and let the wife disciplines when you're supposed to be the example. I know that goes against our American society, but fathers rise up. Don't be passive. Don't just shut your mouth and speak when you need to speak and speak words of kindness to your wife. Come on. The way you treat your baby, your, your, your children's mother is the way they respond. So don't be passive. There's too many passive men that I know. Too many, they passive about life. They have no joy. They just, whatever is ever. Everything is everything. They, they believe in Lorna Hill's doctrine. Everything is everything. <laughs> everything is everything. The miseducation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> the world has an agenda to remove fathers from the home to destroy the authority and the influence in the kid's life. 
That, I'm telling you, that, that agenda is so strong, you can't even go to a Disney show. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they just push it. Just push it. They're pushing their agenda. Satan is after the fathers. This is the first line of defense of the home. If Satan can get in the home, he will go through the first line of defense. If he breaks through that line, the second line is the mother. And when the father isn't there, then the mother becomes the first line of defense. She isn't the father. I know people say, well, I'm your mama and your father. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. You, no, no, no. You, then you got to trust God to be the heavenly father and to make up the difference and send godly men in the lives of your children. But I'm telling you, fathers, let's, let's take our place and place our authority and let's begin to write some good things. You might have you wrote, wrote some bad things, but now the blood of Jesus is available and the blood will cleanse, it, cleanse that autograph. And he, he, the blood of Jesus will wash it and, and give you wisdom how to correct it. Because he says he'll, he'll correct the, the crooked, make the crooked straight. And then where there is crookedness and there's wrongfulness and wrong way of living, the blood of Jesus will edit that thing and cause it to be what it's supposed to be, a bestseller for the world to see. So when, 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 when you see successful men and women in God, um, you can see the signature of a godly father behind it. It might not have been that, that biological father. It's somebody, some father somewhere has ridden some, some good things. Glory to God. Let me pray. Close your eyes. Father, I pray if there's anybody here who don't know you in the pardon of their sins, I thank you that you call them to the cross right now. Spirit of the living God, I thank you for bringing conviction and causing repentance to be wrought. And if you hear and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I need Jesus. I want to receive Jesus. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. And today is your day. The Spirit of God is knocking on your heart through, the, through his son, Jesus, through the son of, of God, through Jesus, and says, come home. There's a place for you. Either you're saved or you were saved and you were, now you're backslidden. There's a place for you in the kingdom of God. So the first, first thing you need to do to, in order to write the right autograph is come to Jesus. Is there one? Is there one? Either you, you, you're not saved or are you in a backslidden condition you want to come home to Jesus? I want you to raise your hand. And let me pray for all the fathers then. In the name of Jesus. If you're a father, come to the altar. Let me just say a prayer over you. Whether your kids are grown or not, just come. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands. I want you to talk to your father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I'm, I'm hearing this. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing either wives or baby mamas nagging, speaking words, words to the point that they, they have damaged your image of yourself. They have, they have done some things to you to affect you in a way. They've called you out your name. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants to remove those hurts and heal those places. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you for these fathers. I thank you in the name of Jesus that you, we, we plead the blood of Jesus over them as they're their first line of defense for their, their children and their wives. I thank you, Father, for keeping them and preserving them. Father, where they, have, where, where they have believed the lies, I pray for truth in the name of Jesus. May, Lord, you said in your word, Psalm 51, that you desire truth in an inner being. So I pray for truth to be inside of each last one of them right now in Jesus' name. I pray that leadership will come forth where there's been passiv passivity. They've been passive in ways of leading their family and leading in, on a job, uh, settling for, for, for the common. Father, I thank you for raising them up to desire more, more of you, more in life for the sake of the, for the glory of God and for their children. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I pray, Father, that you will set them free, whether their fathers, their natural fathers were in their lives or not. I thank you, whether their fathers were there and they were just emotionally detached. 
I pray, Father, that healing will take place, deliverance will take place, and that that they will understand your love and how much you have loved them. I thank you, Father. I thank you for reshaping what a man should be like according to the word of God. I thank you that, Lord, we cast off what the world says a man should be like, and we receive the man Christ Jesus. He is the epitome of what what manhood is. I thank you that he is the ultimate and example of manhood. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I speak life and I speak to leadership in them. And I say, leader, man of God, come forth in Jesus' name. Rise up and take your place. Take your place in your children's life, in your wife's life, and in this world. Take your place, man of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. High five somebody on your way back. So good to see you, Sam. Glory to God. So good to see you, man. Long time. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Man of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I have to be obedient. I, 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 even before you prayed those things out, this is what I heard as I was sitting there, is that for men to take their place, for there to be repentance among those, for those who are willing. I'm, I don't want to embarrass anyone or anything like that, but you need to hear it and acknowledge it if you've been in the way of allowing a father to take the lead. Even those things that he just rebuked and broke off of them, if you were the author of that, the Lord is calling us to repentance. So I think that's something that we all can hear. We don't have to necessarily do an altar call, but if you know that you need to mark this moment of repentance because there's for some of us, there's something attached to turning away from that. I want you to meet me here at the front. No pressure though. No pressure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to pray for you. This is just, this is, I mean, we'll do a general prayer is what I'm saying. I'm not laying hand. This is an acknowledgement of I've stood in the way and it wasn't, for some of us, it's just a perfective and defensive mechanism. It's not intentional. It wasn't meant to hurt. Sometimes it's been that they've been leading so long by themselves. Yeah. 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 Sometimes yeah. wives um, have been leading, <clears throat> leading so long by themselves, they don't know how to let somebody else lead. And it's, it's almost like a, a word, like an alpha female. Yes. You know, and... and, and because you had to, but now if God has blessed you with a husband, allow him to lead and make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you let that man lead the way to be in charge of the household, that burden on your shoulder will be lifted. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I specifically have something for you. I didn't know if you would come. Hallelujah. I saw your face. <laughs> I'm not going to put you on blast. There is a release that's coming to your house and to your life because you turned, because you acknowledged it. You were on your own for a long time and you were abandoned. You were abandoned. Your children were abandoned. Even if, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say, you know, misspeak. Y'all know what it is. In the name of Jesus, there's a turnaround. There's a turnaround. You flex because you had to. And now that posture is still on you, and it's affecting every area of your life where the Lord wants to take leadership. He said, I want it back. He said, I want it back. He said, I want it back. Mark this day. Father, when the Father when it went back to the Father, when it went back to the Father, 
Change about shake about off you every burden. Every burden. You're gonna see some things open up. There are dreams that have been deferred that are now going to rise up again as this is your day one, your day zero. Hey God. We all have those moments. Everybody in the house that is married or with children, it applies to. But we have to pray for our single mothers. We have to pray for them and keep them in prayer. I'll let you know that there are single mothers who didn't come today because it hurts too bad. There are single mothers who stayed home all over this country because it hurts too bad. Thank you for standing in the gap. Thank you for standing in the gap. Thank you for standing in the gap. Lord, every hand in every every mom with a hand lifted high in this place, all over the room. Oh Lord, help us. Hallelujah. To give way to the leadership of the Father in our homes and in our lives, Lord. And even those of us who are co-parenting and the Father is not in our homes, Lord. I thank you for allowing them to be a father to their children. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we let go of fear of anxiety in the name of Jesus. Lord, we allow you to heal us from abandonment. We allow you to heal us from disappointment. Lord, sometimes in trying to cover our children's, we're, we're, children, we're really just trying to cover ourselves. We're really just acknowledging what we've gone through. But I thank you, Lord God, that we can trust you even with that. So we let you be father. To, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We let you be our father. Everybody in the house can resonate you, with that. How about we let you be our father. We will let you be our father. And for those of us who are mothers, we will let you be our father. So that we can be healed and whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of we Jesus. allow the fatherhood of the Lord, of the Father to come to fullness in our lives. Yes. And we will be obedient daughters. We will be victorious daughters. Hallelujah. We will be victorious daughters of the King. Hallelujah. Not reliving cycles because of trauma in the name of Jesus, name but of totally Jesus. delivered and set free so we can get out of the way of this spiritual dysfunction that's happening in our households and with our children. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, for every mother who's been mistreated by their children's father, Lord, I thank you for hallelujah, even healing that hurt. But I thank you for the acknowledgement, Father. I thank you for the acknowledgement of everything, every mistake that we've made that's prevented our children from being properly fathered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And trying to help our children, we have been hurting and hindering them. Thank you, Lord. But we lay it down right now and let you be God. We let you be daddy. We let you be father. We let you be healer. We let you be protector. We let you be comforter. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Join me standing as I dismiss you. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you for this time as we looked at your word. Help every father to write some good things. No matter where their child is, little or adult, I thank you that as long as they're alive and we're alive, we can write some good things. And thank you, Father. Give us wisdom as fathers. Give us guidance. Give us godly friends, people to speak truth to us, even when we don't want to hear it. Give us some real friends, friends that will provoke us to good works in Jesus' name. Deliver us from unreasonable, wicked men, strange women. Deliver us from every strange woman that has been um, assigned to us to destroy our household. Come on, men of God, pray for this. Say, Father, deliver me from strange women in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, I thank you as we leave this place, not your presence. I thank you that you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the love of the Father and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a wonderful Father's Day. Enjoy your day as a father. Eat well. Spend some time with your kids if you can. Um, call them if they're away. In the name of Jesus. Have a wonderful day. Amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200. Or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519 Rancocas. That's R-A-N-C-O-C-A-S, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us by email and the address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to leave out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His words. Until next time, God bless you.